0: Thank you. Well, good morning, church, and happy summer to you. I hope you have begun to enjoy uh, the magnificent weather uh, that we are having. Uh, Yeah, and like Nikki said, last chance to sign up for Kids Camp. So uh, make sure you do that. Uh, Get signed up. Bring a friend. Uh, Let somebody know about that. It's gonna be a great, great week. My name's Ethan. I'm one of the ministers here, and I'm so glad to be with you today. I was gone last week. I'm grateful to Adam for wrapping up our series, Pile Up Rocks. I heard a lot of good feedback uh, from that whole series. People felt like they... they did get some strategies for how to organize their life around God. So if you missed that, go back, check that out online. Uh, you're going you're to gonna want to hear that. And it's nice to know that I could be gone. I was traveling with my family uh, be gone. And this still be a great word. And we got a great team here. You know, speaking of great team, I, I'm kind of in the mood to celebrate our amazing staff this morning uh, for a couple reasons. One, Uh, Mike and Bowden is gone uh, for a month on his sabbatical. He's such an amazing, he's just a rock star around here. He's been working here since the 80s. And I love the fact that right now he's off on a sabbatical, uh, visiting, resting some, but also visiting other churches to see how they're ministering to the top generations uh, so that he can come back and keep rocking it with us. I love that. Also, if you want to celebrate somebody uh, on our staff today, if you you see her, uh, Nikki Hunt, who is just here doing announcements. Nikki Hunt on Thursday completed 25 years on staff of this church. That is amazing. Uh, Nikki's incredible. Uh, if you see Nikki, tell her congratulations. I don't know, you know, buy her a cup of coffee or something. She drinks a lot of coffee. Uh, anyways, she's amazing. Worked here 25 years in all kinds of different roles. And it is, it's, it's I love I love the staff I get to work with. I will say I work with an amazing team and Nikki's a big uh, part of that. Uh, Like she said though, we are kicking off a brand new series today. I'm excited about this series. Um, It's about the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you've heard of this concept before, the the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about this all summer. Uh, We find the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22. It says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. That is good fruit. You look at that list of fruit, you're like, I could use some fruit like that. I will confess, I am a person who loves good fruit. In fact, I love good fruit so much that for me, the process of buying fruit is actually rather stressful. You know what I'm talking about? Like with other food, right? You don't stress over other food. You just walk up, you grab the box you want, you put it in the cart and you keep rolling. Nobody stresses when they're buying marshmallows, right? You just grab the bag and roll. But with fruit, it's stressful, right? You know, you do the thing, where you, you take it, and everybody's got their method, right? And somebody thump it, and I was taught that you smell the end right here. And if it smells too much like cantaloupe, that means it's overripe, don't pick it. But if you can't smell it at all, that means it's not ready to eat, don't pick it either. But if you just... Oh, just can just faintly smell the sweetness of the cantaloupe. Well, that's going to be good. That's what I was taught. I don't know if it's true. I'm still doing it 40 years later, but that is that is what I was taught. But but buying fruit is so stressful cuz you're like well, that looks good and, and it, it's soft, but not too soft. So maybe I'll buy that. And, and, and bananas aren't that hard. You know, bananas are nice and easy. It's just, you know, you know, if I want to eat them today, then they're all yellow. If I want to eat them tomorrow, if I want to eat them in four days, you know, it's just access. So bananas are relatively simple. Watermelon. Can we just admit that buying watermelon is the worst, right? Like, is anybody else on the verge of giving up buying watermelon because you've bought so many tasteless watermelons? And yet we do. We, we keep buying it because when it's good, you know, there's just nothing like a good watermelon. But you can spend a lot of money on bad watermelon before you, you get So buying fruit is stressful stuff. In fact, even just this, as I was setting up, as I was filling these bags with fruit, I started pulling out all the oranges and they were all wet and gross. And it's because two of the oranges in the bag with the rest of the oranges had gotten rotten and the whole thing was covered in nastiness. Don't worry, I washed them since then. But they were, they were nasty. And, and, and most of us, I think, when we think about fruit, we think about fruit sort of with the anxiety of a fruit shopper. And there's a lot of anxiety related to fruit shopping because you hope, you just hope it's going to be good. And then, you know, you go, not bad. <laughs> Honestly, for a peach purchased on June 1st, I a pretty good peach. I'm, I'm, I'm a little distracted right now. I've got a whole bit in my sermon about how I was going to talk about how bad the peach was. That you should never buy a peach in June, because it won't be good. But I'm a little thrown off. That's a really good peach. That's just a second. Mm. But that's what it's like to be a shopper of fruit, right? Like, you just, you just don't want really to get. And I think a lot of us, maybe when you come to the fruit of the Spirit, that's, that's how you're thinking. You're thinking like a shopper, Right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And and you look at that list and you're like, I could use some of that. I need to go to the store and and pick up some of that, you know, and and you go to the store and like, oh my goodness, the store is out of gentleness again. All right. Sorry, folks. Here I come. I went to the store. There was no gentleness to be had. Better luck next week, right? Or or we we go and we're like, I could really use a, a fresh batch of peace. I hope the peace is good this week, because I need some peace, and you're just sort of hoping that it'll be good. Or maybe, like me, you're surprised that it turns out the peace is actually a lot more peaceful than you thought I was going to be. Oh. There is no quiet way to eat a peach while I'm mic. I'm just curious. That's just the reality. I'm proud about that. Um, but yeah, we, th- we think about fruit like a shopper, don't we? Or maybe, I, I do this sometimes too, we think about fruit like a cook. You know, you got somebody coming over and you wanna make something, and, and then you're not going to the grocery store, you're going to the fruit bowl, right? And, and you're asking yourself, what do I have to offer people? Well, okay, well, I've got, I've got some bananas and I've got a, a watermelon. Of course, it'd probably be nasty, but, but I've got a watermelon and, and we'll hope it's, it's good. And we think about the fruit of the Spirit like this, don't we? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And we're like, I hope I have what I need for this situation, right? We, we find ourselves in a situation, and we're like, this situation requires self-control. And we go to the fruit bowl on the counter in the kitchen, and we're like, I hope I picked up some self-control, and, and, and I hope it hasn't gone bad. Oh, no, I, I found it. Yeah, that's some rotten self-control right there. I let that, I let that sit around unused far too long. The self-control went bad. And maybe, and maybe that's how you think about fruit. Um, these two ways of thinking about fruit, thinking about it like a shopper, got to go get me some of that, like a cook. I hope I have what I need for the recipe, for the situation that I'm facing. I hope I have any. These are, these are really common ways to think about fruit. And I think a lot of us think about the fruit of the Spirit in these ways. We look at that list. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness. Maybe you can put that up. Let's just look at that together. Uh, love, joy, peace. We've got it. Do we have that? There it is, yeah. Love, joy, peace. And, and you look at that list and you think, I need to get some of that. I could use a little more of that. Or you think to yourself, i got situations in my life that need these. I need to bring a little gentleness into this situation. I sure hope that I got some the last time I was at the store. I sure hope there is some around in the basket because I need some right now. But there is a third way to think about fruit. Not like a cook using what they already have around the house. Or like a shopper gone off to get some that they need. You can also think about fruit like a a farmer. You ever think about fruit like a farmer? I I used to work for a guy, thought about fruit like a farmer. He had a small acre, a, a small orchard out behind his house, probably two acres worth of fruit trees out behind his house. Now this guy thought about fruit like a farmer. My brother and I used to mow for this guy, and we really liked the guy. He was a great guy, but boy, we hated mowing for him. Because before we could mow, we had to walk around the entire two acres and pick up every leaf that had fallen from one of his fruit trees onto the ground. Because according to him, if, 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 if the leaf fell and we just ground it up with the mower, it would get fungus on it. And that fungus would get down into the dirt and, and, and into the roots and, and infect the roots of his fruit trees. That's what he said. I don't know if that's true or not. I've never grown fruit trees, but that's what he said. So before we mowed, we had to go pick up every single leaf. Also, he insisted that no matter how high the grass had gotten, and he didn't call us very often, but no matter how high the grass had gotten, we had to always use one of those mulching mowers that doesn't blow out the side. So you got to push like half the speed you normally would. Took us forever to mow that lawn. But again, he said, you know, if you use the mulching mower, then all the nutrients from the grass just go right down into the soil and keeps the trees healthy. And if not, you, you lose nutrients out of the soil. Every once in a while when he'd call us, it wasn't enough that we had to pick up all the leaves by hand and mow with the mulching mower. We had to then go around the trunk of the tree by hand to pull up the grass that grew around the trunk of the tree. We couldn't get the mower close to the tree and we never could use a weed eater because that would damage the trunk of the tree. To top it all off, on the worst days, in addition to picking up all the leaves, mowing with the mulching mower, pulling the grass around the trunks, by hand, we would have to haul around the place these bags of soil improver and fertilizer and all sorts of organic stuff we don't need to talk about today and spread all over around these trees. As he reminded us many times, the secret to a good Apple is good dirt. You can think about fruit like a cook. I hope I have on hand what I need for the moment. You can think about fruit like a shopper. I'm going to go buy something and hope they have what I want. Hope that it's good. Hope that I can go purchase the fruit I want. Go get the fruit I want for the situation I'm in. And hope that it's a good week for oranges. Or you can think about fruit like a farmer. Where you know you're supposed to be focused on the dirt. And this text, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, Paul is trying to teach us to think about fruit like farmers. Let's, Let's widen our view just a little bit. Because this text is not about how you can power up and produce more fruit. It's not about how you can go into your pantry and hope you have the fruit you need. And if you don't, well, then I guess, you know, you just, nobody gets gentleness today. There's no gentleness in the pantry. This text is about the dirt. What kind of dirt we need to be planted in to receive the fruit we want to see, to experience the harvest in our lives. Here's the way Paul puts it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We'll be in this chapter for a little while. So if you want to turn your Bibles there, you can. That'd be great. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. You know, stuff like that, he says. It's obvious. I don't need to list it. You know what it looks like when you're living out of your flesh. I warn you as I did before. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's a risk here. But... The fruit of the Spirit, the crop of the Spirit, the the harvest of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Paul continues this farming metaphor in the next chapter, Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A person reaps what they sow. Whoever sows to please their flesh, whoever sows in the soil of the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, whoever plants their roots in God's Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. The fruit of the Spirit is not something we go shopping for. It's not something we hope we have in the cupboards when we need it. Boy, I sure hope I've got some joy today. I could use some joy today. I'll have to go check the cupboard, see if there's any joy around. The fruit of the Spirit is grown in us by God when we are rooted in the soil of God's spirit we're calling this series um P R O D U C E and and there's a little pun to that word because uh, when you look at that word I'm curious what you hear when you when you see those letters Because what you hear when you see those letters uh, right now, it doesn't mean much. But by the end of this series, I need to make sure you hear one thing and not another. Because some of you, when you hear those, when you see those letters, what you hear is produce. And you think what we have here is a list of things you have to produce. As if Paul writes, this is the new law, folks. Everybody, here's the new rules. Everybody has to love and everybody has to be joyful and everybody has to be patient and peaceful and kind and good. That's your new law. The new rule you have to live up to and you better produce. You might look at those letters and hear that word, produce. But I want you to look at those letters and I want you to hear a different word. I want you to hear produce. Like, you know, the the produce aisle in the grocery store, right? Where you go to receive the produce of someone else's farming. Someone out there is working on dirt so you can eat fruit. And and it is that dirt to fruit connection that this series is all about. The fruit of the spirit spirit is produce. It's not about what you produce. It's what God produces and you receive. The fruit is the produce of a life rooted in God. So if you read that list, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. If you read that list and you think to yourself, I want fruit like that. I want fruit Like that? Paul says, well, the way to receive, to experience the fruit that you want is to ask some questions about your dirt. So let's talk about dirt just a little bit. Let's talk about dirt just a little bit. Where is your life rooted? Paul kind of gives us two choices, right? Kind of two, two general kinds of dirt. He says there's the dirt of the flesh. Your life can be rooted in your flesh and this world and its desires. And he says if your life is rooted in your flesh and this world and its desires... You'll you'll experience, out of that, the tree of your life will produce a kind of fruit. He described it earlier. Sexual immorality, envy, dissensions, anger. That's what the fruit looks like. And, and, And so maybe another way to put this is, if you go to the fruit bowl of your life, and you're like, I'm not sure I like the fruit I've got. I've got a bunch of rotten fruit, and old fruit, and tired fruit, and nasty fruit. It might not be that you're going to the wrong store. It might be that you're rooted in the wrong dirt. And, and all of the fruit that we most desire, the Bible talks about in this way. Uh, the, the first one on the list, right? Love. This is exactly how the Bible talks about love. The Bible says that you and I trying to muster up and produce love is exactly the wrong way to go about it. But we do that sometimes, right? We find ourselves in a situation where we're like, I need to be loving right now. I'm going to be loving, doggone it. I can do it. That's exactly backwards, the Bible says. Instead, the Bible says, get yourself in some good dirt. And if you are in good dirt, then love will be the fruit that grows in your life. It will be produce, not what you produce. Okay, the Bible talks about love like this all over the place. I'm just going to look at one example. Just I want you to see this isn't just one place in Galatians chapter 5. It's all over God's word. Here's what it says about love. 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us love one another. Well, that sounds like something I'm supposed to produce, right? But he says, no, 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 it's produce. Let us love one another because love comes from God. The source of love is God. God. Everyone who loves, who has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God. This is love. Not the fruit we're bringing and what we've got. Look at me. I've got got some love bananas here, you know. Look at me. No, this is love. The dirt that God loved us. Root your life in that reality that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He he says, here's how you know that you are in good dirt. You live in him and he is in you. How do you know you're anchored in good dirt? Well, he gives you the fruit. He gives us his spirit. We've seen and testified that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God, they're in good dirt. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. So, as you see, so if you say, I'm in the good dirt of God, I live my life rooted in the good dirt of God's love, but there is no fruit of loving others, well, then you're probably a liar. You're not telling the truth about your dirt. Because, you know, if you don't love your brother or sister that you can see when you can't really love God, whom you can't see, he says. says. We get into situations, we look at our world, and we could ask some some love-based questions. We could ask, why is there so little love in the world? You know, that's a good question. We could ask, why is there so little love in my heart? why do I have trouble loving other people? And and the diagnosis of scripture would be not that we aren't producing enough love, but that we have forgotten that love is produce. It is the result of a life rooted in good dirt. The dirt of God's Love, and it's when we are rooted in the love of God, when our life is immersed in the love of God, when our life is founded in the love of God, then the fruit of love starts growing on our branches. And we didn't even notice, we didn't even know where it came from. But if our life is rooted in our flesh, if our life is rooted in our desires, if our life is rooted in the world, well then a different kind of fruit grows, right? Lust instead of love selfishness instead of love, uncontrolled desire instead of love, judgmentalism instead of love, bitterness instead of love, cruelty instead of love, envy instead of love. When these things are growing on the branches of our life, that doesn't mean that things aren't working the way they're, that means things are working exactly the way God designed them. We're just rooted in the world. And the fruit of the flesh grows because you cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is produce. The fruit of the Spirit grows in your life when you are rooted in God. You can think about fruit in lots of ways. I usually think about fruit like a shopper, you know, the stress, spending all that money and wondering if it'll be any good, right, you know? Anybody do the thing at Scott's where you buy one quart and eat four or five just to make sure they're good before you then go buy back and buy 16 because you're gonna put up strawberries and don't wanna put up on a bad day, you know? We do that. You can think about fruit like a shopper you can think about it like a cook. You find yourself in the situation. Like, oh, I hope I have enough patience on hand for this situation. I hope I have enough mercy on hand for this situation. I hope I have enough self-control. I've been running low on self-control lately, and I forgot to go to the store. I'm not sure I have enough left. But the Bible invites you to think about fruit like a farmer. Like that guy I used to mow the lawn for. he always said, if you have good dirt, you'll have good apples. That's that's all that matters. Good dirt, good apple. That'll be a theme this summer as we look at the fruit of the spirit. It's all fruit we want. It's all good stuff. Like I I won't have to ever convince you that you want more joy in your life or you wish the world to be more loving. I won't have to do much of that. This is fruit that we want. It's fruit that we want to be able to share with others. And we want lots of it for us too. And all this fruit is produce. Not what you produce, but produce. It is the crop, the harvest of a life rooted in the Spirit of God. I'm going to be super clear. If you plant your life in rooted in your flesh, rooted in its desires, and rooted in this world, you will harvest the fruit of the flesh. Bitterness, envy, discord, sexual immorality, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, fits of rage, jealousy. That is what grows. That is the fruit of a life that is rooted in the flesh. If you look at the fruit bowl of your life and you see that kind of fruit, don't focus on your fruit bowl. That's not where the problem is. The problem is your dirt. Your life is rooted in bad dirt, and so you are producing bad fruit. But if you root your life in the soil of the Spirit, you will begin to experience the fruit of the Spirit, the harvest of the Spirit, the the produce of the Spirit. Branches you thought were barren and dead or only good for bearing nasty fruit suddenly will spring forth and you'll see, is that a little apple of joy over there? Is that a peace banana? I think that's a peace banana. Look at that, it's a gentleness peach on one of my branches. You'll be like, I just grew a gentleness peach. I didn't know you, I could grow gentleness. And you'll be the same scraggly tree you always were. You're just in better dirt. So, today, I just wonder what kind of dirt you're planted in. How are your roots? Heard a preacher preach on this once. He had this line. He says, if you want the fruit... You got to have the root. That's a good line. I'll probably use that this summer. If you want the fruit, you got to have the root. How are your roots? The easiest way to know how your roots are is to go look at your fruit bowl. What is the fruit that is growing in your life? Is there bitterness growing in your life? Is there envy growing in your life? Is there, is there kind of a lack of love and empathy? Is there cruelty growing in your life? Well, if there is, you've got a root problem. How are your roots? Some of us, what we need this summer is we need to be spiritually transplanted, right? This is what you do when, when, when it's really bad, right? When it's really bad, you know, you, know, you know, if it's not too bad, you might fertilize the soil and do some stuff. But when it's really bad, you have to dig up the whole plant and move it to a new pot with better dirt or, or a new section of the yard where, where the dirt is good. And then we'll go back and fix the dirt there. And some of you, maybe that's what you need this summer is you just need to be spiritually transplanted. And over this series, we're going to talk about some ways to do it. Today, I really just want to challenge you to do this. Just have an honest moment with God where you're honest about your fruit situation. And you hear the Spirit of God invite you to be re-rooted in the love of God so that, my, so that love itself and all the rest of the fruit of God's Spirit might grow in your life. Let me, let me pray for you right now. God, what we need right now is just a moment of honesty before you. Um, honesty about our, our fruit situation. What kind of fruit is growing in our lives? And what does that reveal about our roots? I just, even right now, I'm just a little bit, I'm a little struck and ashamed of ways I've been short-tempered, even this morning, ways I've been impatient. And, and I, th- I look at that list of the fruit of a life rooted in the flesh, and I recognize things on that list as, as things that are growing on my garden. And, and I think I'm not alone in that. I think a lot of us, God, just need to be honest with you about that our fruit situation isn't exactly what we wish it was. And so we just confess our sin to you. And we pray that you would give us the spiritual awareness that a fruit problem is always a root problem. And that we would root our lives in the spirit of God. Trusting that then we will receive the fruit of that spirit as the produce of God in our lives. This is what we want. This is what we desire.